At the height of his international hip-hop fame on the album that defined his career, Stanley Burrell made sure to acknowledge his Christian faith. After all, it was a big part of his life growing up on the rough streets of Oakland. And proclaiming his religious beliefs became his second career as a TV talk show host when his recording fans faded to dust. No matter if you do or don't know who in the heaven Stanley Burrell is, he made a positive impression on the reclusive musical genius named Prince. In 2017, Burrell told the online site The Daily Beast that, in quote, my second biggest song on the album is called Pray, and it's based on When Doves Cry by Prince. I am the only artist that Prince ever allowed to sample his song, end quote. While that may be an overstatement, Prince famously was selective in letting rap artists sample his music on any level, or better yet, not letting rappers near his music. Prey was a notable exception, so it's no surprise that as his career waned, Burrell began to lean on the everlasting arms of his Christian upbringing. In fact, Burrell, better known as MC Hammer, flipped the classic definition of MC from Master of Ceremonies to, in his case, Man of Christ, and officially became an ordained minister in the Church of God in Christ. Whether it is Christianity, various forms of Islam or Judaism, hip-hop has long been a platform for religious expression within so-called secular music. In the case of MC Hammer, he was following the footsteps of other MCs turned ministers including the legendary Curtis Blow, former Bad Boys recording artist Mace, and of course, Run of Run DMC. Joseph Run Simmons added a white collar to his wardrobe to become Reverend Run. After being born again, the song Run's House switched from being about conquering a concert hall to winning over souls at his New York church. As a Pentecostal minister, Joseph Run Simmons teaches fans and others to walk this way. And this way isn't in the footsteps of Aerosmith. Simmons felt he'd either succumb to alcohol and to depression or find a path, station to station, to a new life. Then there was Speech, the lyricist, the man who brought the words and the word to the 90s hip-hop collective Arrested Development one of my personal favorites. After early success with songs like Tennessee, which also features a print sample, People Every Day and Mr. Window, Arrested Development and their message of Afrocentric positivity disappeared. In a 2016 article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Todd Speech Thomas told the newspaper, when people say that God closes a door and opens a window, people don't understand that God is millions of steps ahead of us. While developing his solo career after Arrested Development dissolved, the Atlanta-based musician stumbled into a Bible study group that, in the words of another well-known lyricist, taught him to sit down and be humbled. When you think about the Bible, it will humble you, Speech told the paper because when you realize that none of your accolades is anything compared to God. 
Through his personal Bible studies, Speech made positive changes in his life, which are thoughtfully highlighted in his book memoir, What is Success? His stories of transitioning from a hip-hop-based life to that of championing the Bible is very similar to today's guest, known to subscribers of his YouTube channel as the BK Apologist. Today, we meet a former New York MC who honed his skills in cipher battles before becoming a devout defender of his faith as written in the Bible. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by Fun Friday Comedy Season 2. For more information about this virtual comedy show, go to IYH entertainment.com and now all the way live from the south side of chicago give it up for your host valerie johnson from a cypher performance from the Brooklyn-based MC called Tranquil. Well, now these days, the MC I used to follow around with a camera during the hip-hop subway series time has now become a frequent guest speaker in his Manhattan-based church and star of his own YouTube channel. You know what? Let's just get right into it. I am pleased to introduce my friend Alfredo, but better known as the BK Apologist. Hey, this is Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes, and I am with a good friend of mine who is now going by BK Apologist. I'm going to give him uh, a full platform of talking. Uh, I, I know him as Alfredo, but everyone else out there knows him as BK Apologist. He's gone by a couple of names. How you doing in, from Brooklyn tonight? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. So let me do my official years going on. Part of people, the place to be. I go by the name of the BK Apologist, transmitting all the way live. New York is the city. Brooklyn is the borough. What's good? What's popping? I mean, this... that's my little signature. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You, I, I, me and this young man go back a ways. I used to run around with a camera and shoot him spitting on the subways 
What was not, that? Not called? like actually phlegm on the floor. I mean, like no. rhymes. So yeah, people, rhymes. It would be you know, rhymes. <laughs> it'd be kind of odd if you just followed me as I spit on the floor, right? So. Exactly. Tell me about the Subway series. I mean, like, and I'm not talking about the Mets and the Yankees. Right, right, right. What, what, um, what we used to do. The Subway series was really cool. It was basically a open mic night, but on a subway. So what we would do, it would be poets, singers, rappers, beatboxers. We all meet at a particular train station and we wait for a particular train and we just all go in the same car and we just have a jam session in the train. So wow. we call it the subway had, I know, I know. And how did you, this went on for, I don't know, what about three or four years or maybe longer? <laughs> I don't know how long. At least a good solid two years, I would say. Okay. All right. And how did you feel when people would look forward to see you? And at the time you were going by Tranquil. How did right. how did how did how did you feel about when people, oh I I gotta make sure I wanna be there, I wanna film him? I mean it's it's humbling there? because you know, it's it's I'm, I was a nobody, you know, but within that that little world, you know, people did respect what I what I did. And that that's always humbling when people actually say, Hey, you're actually good at something. You know, because there's a lot of people who are far better at what you do. So to be recognized as, hey, you're actually pretty good, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And as an observer, when I, was, when I was shooting you guys, I noticed that you would always take a stand by bringing your faith into the rap battle or the cypress. Uh, mm -hmm. How did you, how did, why did you feel that your stance was important in that way? Taking a I mean, stand. that, because that's, I mean, the first rule of, of writing or artistry is you speak from what you know, right? You paint from what you know, you write from what you know, if, if it's going to be authentic and genuine, you know, what I know is the Bible and, and to try to be like Christ, you know, though I, 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 I mess that up all the time, but that, that's the idea. So since that's my life and that's my worldview, when I rhyme, of course, that's going to come out because that's, that's how I live. It's no different than someone who's a street person. And of course, they're going to talk about, you know, things that, that occur in the street, because that's their worldview. But this is mine. So no different in, in, that, in that aspect. I've always respected how you would battle. And I always, I always vibed on that, because you would always bring God into the situation. And they would be talking about any and everything. And I'm like, how did he tack on God to them talking about drinking or whatever it whatever the topic that would come up and it and it just was a vibe and i i just right. i really i really got a kick out of filming you guys when i was was doing that but now you've transitioned and yes. i please explain what is where where is the question i was just looking at it <laughs> apologetics is about defending jesus uh, it's it's defend it's defending Christianity as as a whole, but of course Jesus, because that's you wouldn't have Christianity without Christ. Um, the, apologetics comes from the word, the Greek word apologia, which means to give a defense. It's actually a legal term originally. Wow. When you go to a court of law and you want to defend your case, you you present a apologia. So um, when when uh, Timothy was when Paul was talking to Timothy, Timothy he says to have an apologia for the hope that you have. So that's where we get the word apologist. So it's not that I'm saying sorry for my faith, you know, it's right. I'm 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 creating a defense for it. Okay. So I think you just answered that question for me. Explain urban apologetics, the theory. All right, now uh, urban apologetics. Now what is that about? There's a difference. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a it's a subsidiary of Christian apologetics. Like Christian apologetics is 
defending the faith. Urban mm-hmm. apologetics is also defending the faith, but specifically to a particular demographic of people. You know, the urban, you know, the city, uh, the hood, uh, you know, where usually, usually, not always, but usually you see, you know, marginalized people. Of course, you can have white people as well or disadvantaged, you know, but primarily, you know, black and brown people because there's just specific um, doctrines that are only targeted towards black and brown people. And we create a defense for those specific attacks. And not that our white brothers and sisters don't want to help us, it's that it's not on their radar. You know, so they don't know that there's these doctrines that's pulling black and brown Christians away from the faith. So we have taken it upon ourselves to create a defense for these very specific doctrines and also being able to contextualize the gospel via an urban landscape. No no different than when, when Jesus spoke about the parables, you know, sheep and shepherds and wolves and you know these these are things that people understood because they, they were living this life you know mm-hmm. same thing with paul and on uh, the book of acts when he, when he quotes pagan poets he says some of your own poets have said we're god's offspring he's using pop references of those days to convey the message of christ so we're taking that from from that example and using that within a, a urban context right and you have created on youtube the Bible bodega concept, which I, yes. I really like it. I've caught a couple of live broadcasts on Friday nights and it's been very entertaining. You guys go in. I wanted to know um, what experience did you draw from and how did you go about choosing the gentlemen and some women that have joined uh, the talk when you right. do the Bible bodega. Well, to, to, to explain the bodega concept itself, yeah. it's, um, bodega is a Spanish word for, for like a, a, a market, a store, okay. mm-hmm. you know, and um, in the hood, you know, that's where we would hang out. We would hang out right outside of bodega, right. easy access. You want to get some chips or some, you know, little Debbie's or, or quarter waters <laughs> as we used to call them. I think you guys call it different in Chicago, right? It's, we did. Yeah, I mean, we call it soda. You guys call it pop, right? You guys call pop, it pop over exactly. There. Right, so. <laughs> and penny So candy. because um, because of the pandemic, you know, people don't get to do that organic grouping, that gathering. So what I wanted to do was create kind of a virtual version of that. So the bodegas that we, every Friday night, you know, we come through and we hang out virtually. But the, the, the idea is also we're hanging out and we talk about everything. We talk about comic books, race relations, mm-hmm. but through a Christian lens. And, and the people that you see on, on the panel are other urban apologists. You know, they have their own channels. They're doing their own thing. And, you know, I've become good friends with many of them. So I, I would invite them to come hang out at the Bada Bodega. And, and it's, it's the Christian apologetic version of The View. Basically, that's what it is. I like that, though. I like that. How important is your platform to you and your audience? Um, well, you, you would have to ask my audience that, that, that part of the question. But um, okay. I, for me, it's important because I feel like I think I'm meeting a need, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't, don't get to have these type of conversations where they live, you mm-hmm. know. So to are able to find kindred spirits over the interwebs is a big deal for a lot of people, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's kind of lonely being the, the Bible nerd in your particular congregation, you know, and not everybody is, is as deep or as weird about it as you are. So when you find people on the internet that are just as deep and weird, 
you you make those strong bonds, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing how you can become really good friends with people that you've never been in the same room before, you know, and, but that's yeah. the, one, one of the great uh, advantages of the internet, you know, to have people who are, who have a common understanding and a common passion, being able to get together and feed off one another you know, on a regular basis. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah, and you and I think on average you guys go an hour, hour and a half, two hours. For, for the bodega, yeah, we hit about yeah. two hours. Yeah, go, you guys, going. you guys, we going. Hang so I drop in and then I, I drop off and I come back. I'm like, oh, they still going. Oh, this is cool. So I've right. really enjoyed kind of seeing you uh, grow in this way because I feel like it's the the tranquil version, but it's it's a it's the it's the the other side that we that right. others didn't see as you as an MC, they they're seeing you literally defend the you know the Bible and do it in a right. very you know right. uh, natural and and very relatable way. And, and I still get to be creative and artistic, you know, mm-hmm. um, in different ways. Now I make you know thumbnails for my my video covers and mm-hmm. you know different subject. Um, the bodega itself is isn't an artful creation in itself. So I'm still using the things I learned as an MC, show and prove, uh, being able to um, come off the head. Because sometimes, you know, someone will challenge you right there in the spot. So instead of spitting 16 bars, I have these 16 citations <laughs> from various scholars. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and you freestyle, you know? So it's still a form of freestyle. It's just the, the words don't usually rhyme. But um, the confidence, you know, the, the ability to relate and meet people where they're at in real time. Like these, these are skills I learned as an MC. So I'm just incorporating that in my online teaching ministry. From the people that you've interviewed thus far, cause I know you're going to keep going. You just, I'm, I'm assuming you just got started within the last month, the last six weeks or so. What the channel, the channel. Yes. The, the, the channel has been, uh, I've been doing this now for about a year. Wow. Okay. Wonderful. So this has yeah. been going on for a year, but of, of that year and of all the interviews you've done, what's, which, what's the one, if you could say one or two, that's been the most that you've learned the most from the two, I think for me, well, it's hard. Cause a lot of them were really good. Uh, I, uh, people when, when I really get to interview people who are experts mm-hmm. in their field, it's mm-hmm. always a, a humbling experience because they have such a much greater platform than I do. So for them to come to my little YouTube channel is a big deal. Uh, there's a brother, actually, in, in our fellowship. His name is um, Kyle Spears. He's a, he's a family therapist. And he came on the platform and we did a, a show about trauma and how to deal with it from a clinical slash biblical way. You know, so that was, and he's, he's very gifted at explaining that. Um, another one that was, I really enjoyed was um, I had Dr. Michael Heiser. He's one of my favorite biblical scholars, period. And we had a friend in common. So I said, hey, can you put in the good word for me? And he did. And he said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And, I, you know, so to have someone who I've read, I've studied, I've used his material in, in sermons and messages, you know, and to have him actually, you know, to, to talk with him one-on-one, that was a big deal. Uh, I recently just had, uh, had a few scholars, actually. I just had uh, Gary Habermas. He's, he's known for um, the minimal facts argument for the resurrection. Oh, and um, okay. he's the chair that. in Liberty University. So he's, he's, a, he's a big dude. And I've, I've had speech from Arrested Development. He's a good friend of mine. So I've had I him saw that. Yeah. two or three times already. You know? so, um, so yeah, th- those guys, 
were pretty big for me. Wow. Now, I just wanted to just kind of chat with you on some things just to get your sure. opinion on stuff because I, I just like to hear how you think about things on the top of the dome. Um, in our recent upheaval and focus on racial injustice, what do you think is the role of the urban apologists in our ever-changing times? The role is to be that the prophetic voice, okay. you know, to be that like the prophets of old who, um, who stood against the status quo of, of the day. You know, mm -hmm. every time the, the kingdom, the king would fall into sin, it's the prophet that would come up and say, hey, this is not good. We need to change this and here's how. Mm -hmm. And I feel like not just for the urban apologists, but for anyone who's part of the church, it, they also have the, the, the onus is on them to proclaim that this is wrong and we need to change it, you know? And um, now, of course, when we think of justice, as believers, it's not what the world thinks. A lot of times the world, when they think justice, what they're really saying is vengeance, right? right. So we're not, mm -hmm. we're not going by vengeance. But we are saying that people need to act upright. The one, one of the Hebrew words for justice is mispot. And mispot means to be upright, you know, so like straighten up. You know what I mean? So people got to straighten up, you know, and straighten up and fly right. <laughs> basically, basically. And the Christian has the ability and the, the God given right to call out injustice and say, listen, you need to walk upright. You know, a, a great example of that is um, the parable of the persistent widow. When Jesus says there was this widow who kept asking for justice and the judge was a godless man. Like he says, it, I don't care about man or God. But because she's so persistent, I will give her justice over her adversary. So here's a woman who believed in God, who got justice from a godless judge. A lot of times people would think, well, how can a Christian, how can we get justice if, if the, the state or the, or the government is godless? Well, Jesus gives, says, hey, it doesn't matter. Everybody needs to up, you know, walk upright, whether they pledge allegiance to Christ or not. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, so we, as believers, we need to, to proclaim to everyone that they need to walk upright. All right. So. And now this question is from my producer because he, um, he's a black man and he was kind of giving me a heads up about, in the King James Bible, one of the most used words is Lord and the second one is God. I'm not 100% sure if those are facts. The idea that black men are starting to call themselves God, like in, in case of like, say, Charlemagne the God. Right. Um, what do you think about, I guess, men like kind of referring themselves as Lord right. or God or whatever? What do you think? Well, first of all, that's not a new thing. That's been happening for quite so. some time. You know, oh, okay. at least, what, late 60s with the 5% um, the nation, the nation of God and nerves. That's how they address the men and, you know, peace, God, what up, God? That's, that's where Charlemagne the God gets that from. He gets that from the nation of God and earth. Okay. Which is a, a breakaway from the nation of Islam because the nation of Islam, you know, Master Farah Muhammad, he was God in the flesh. But Clarence 13X, who was a member of the nation, felt like, well, it, it's not just you. All black men are, are gods. So, of course, there was a, a difference of opinion at that time and he split mm -hmm. And he created what's now known as the nation of God of Earth. Um, wow. How I feel about it is I understand why, mm -hmm. because it, it, we are trying to uh, answer two existential questions, which is who am I and mm -hmm. what do I do? 
Now for black and brown people, that question has a whole different resonance behind it because unfortunately because of the transatlantic slave trade, we don't have a direct connection to our culture and, and identity mm -hmm. as opposed to people who are of European descent, you know? And, you know, you could say, well, now we got, you know, all these DNA tests, like, yeah, that's great, but um, we need a technology to find out where I'm at, whereas a European just calls grandma and he'll get the information, you know? So it took tech, tech, technical advancements, right? So, so what happens is, so you don't know, there is no direct connection to your identity, culturally speaking. And right. then you're in a place where you're constantly being marginalized and told that you are less than. Right. So as a response to that, we want to affirm our greatness. And what's greater than God, right? So if I see myself as God, therefore I'm somebody, right? But the thing is, you know, from, from a Christian worldview, you already were someone. You are a imager of God, right? The word image in, in Hebrew is salem. You know, when it says God made, made us in his image, it's the word mm -hmm. salem. The word salem means representative figure. So you're, you're, who am I? Well, you represent the creator. That's who you are. And that's what you do at the same time. So you already have a most amazing identity. You are the, uh, in the Greek, it's the, or is it Latin? It's, it's the Imago Dei, the image of God. So if you're looking for identity, the highest identity you can have is to be God's imager, not a separate deity. Because if you was a separate deity, then at least from a biblical worldview, it doesn't make any sense because you came from something else. The God of the Bible was always here and created everything. So you can't be a God on your own right because even though you might be a creative person, you didn't create nothing, something from nothing. But I do understand why, especially black men, mm -hmm. use the terminology. It's, it's, it's a way to, re, to affirm their intrinsic value. But through the Bible, you already have that through Christ. So. Amen, amen. Now, you mentioned this a little bit before the interview, but um, are, are you gonna, ever MC or rap again i'd love to hear some I, I more know. stuff I, I don't know i mean it, it <laughs> one can never you know one can never say never you know okay so i mean once the corona is over and we're hanging out someone throws a beat on i mean you know it, it can happen okay you know I mean? but um <laughs> but to actually like really focus on making music i i don't know because this to be quite honest this has been far more effective Amen. And what I've done as, as a hip-hop artist, it really has. It's been far more effective. It's just as fun, you know. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you, you, you know, you never know. You might, you might see me on, on a video somewhere, Spare Quick 16. It could happen, you know. <laughs> That's the one All favorite. right. Well, tell people um, some upcoming things you got coming up on the BK Apologist. This Friday and every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you could come to my channel, which is BK Apologist at YouTube, and it's called the Bodega Bible Talk. It's every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's me, a bunch of men and women in the panel, and we talk about everything and anything. This particular Friday, I don't know when this is going to air, but this Friday mm -hmm. is going to be the Bodega Ladies. Ooh. So it's going to be nothing but women on the panel. 
and they're gonna talk about everything. They're gonna talk about Juanita Bynum. They're gonna talk about WAP, that song with um, Megan Thee Stallion. And um, so they're gonna oh. address that. So that's every Friday. Mm -hmm. um, make sure, and once you go there, you subscribe to the channel. I put out content every week, about two to three videos a week. And um, yes, that's it. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter with the same handle, BK Apologist. That's B, the letter B, K. Apologists together. Uh, same thing on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me as well. I have a Facebook page, um, BK Apologists. So I'm everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Alfredo, aka the BK Apologist, for joining me. Uh, this is Valerie Johnson, and you're listening to Interludes. Next time on Interludes. I think in the African-American community, it gives parents a sense of self-worth that no matter what school and what education they had, they want something more for their children. Catholic education was the root. Uh, if you could get your kids into that, it was where you could get the spiritual education and the intellectual education. Principal Dr. Denise Spells and Chief Strategy Officer Cliff Barber next time on Interludes. Interludes, written and produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble. Music intro and outro produced by Kendall Nesbeth. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production brought to you by fun friday comedy season two for more information about this virtual comedy show go to iyhentertainment.com. entertainment.com